What is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast, coming to you live inside a vehicle. The Panzer. This is. I feel like we just set a world a world record. I want. I don't. I bet we're the first ever's to do a podcast in a moving vehicle. No way. There's no, no way a podcast was okay. We're in Blue's truck, and <laughs> trying not to run off the road here. <laughs> we. We Actually, he has gonna, the whole take, podcast yeah, set up. Take a picture of this in his car. I don't know how this page. man did this, but he is like the guru of radios and all of I don't electronics know electronics. He, My car is ready for off the grid. I just need a solar panel. Is that all you need? Is a solar panel? All I need is a solar panel. Hmm. This thing is self-sufficient, self-sustaining. Where does a solar panel for your car come from? Does it have to be for a car or any solar panel? Uh, you want the one for the car because the hookups are just easier. What do you What do you get with a solar panel? I get unlimited battery power. Okay, more so than the battery that you have. Well, right now, um, yeah. Just really quick, guys. I'm not talking about the battery that's operating I mean, his truck. Talk, no, let's talk about that. Let's go into. We can talk about the truck overlanding our adventures that we've gone on. Yeah, we could. We can talk about that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll lead it since okay. this is like kind of my baby. Right? Shoot. Yep, go for it. So I took a, um, a Ram 2500. She's a diesel. And um, we kind of turned it into our little mobile getaway car. Um, everybody kind of talks about, you know, doomsday this or uh, bug out vehicles and things like that. Well, we decided to go ahead and make my everyday truck driver. Kind or, of a, or go bags. Huh? Go bags. Go bags. Go bags. Have are, a bag, bag set and ready. Yeah, go bags are pretty much um, emergency bags ready to, ready to leave at a moment's notice. Um, pretty much like if, if things were if things were happening, if, if stuff was going down and you needed to get out and get, get away from whatever danger is near you or incoming, um, it's a bag that's already prepped. Normally you got your food, your water, your protection, and... Some, money, um, some, some kind basics. of like shelter product too. Like those would be like a good, those four points would be a good, good starting point um, to have in your bug out bag. Um, basically we took that and I made a truck. Just a step further. Yeah. <laughs> but with the truck, so. He's a little have, obsessed. I, I love you, it. I bet there's an animal in that. There's, there's a, um, yeah, that was a big truck too. So on the truck, we got a rooftop tent. That's obviously where we sleep. I'm also looking into hammock systems. Hammock systems that you can put on the back winch. It's super cool, but it's very expensive. So probably won't get into that. <laughs> I'm writing your Christmas list down right now. Oh, are you? Yeah, nice. so keep going. Okay, here we go. Everybody, just let him rattle. Um, I've never gotten a Christmas list from him before. Well, but, okay, so let me let me ask you this. What is the purpose of this vehicle? Yeah, the purpose is like on a... Because sometimes I see that this is from a girl's perspective. Yeah. Until we've actually, we've started utilizing Blue's truck a lot this last year. The Panzer. This is the, it's called the Panzer? It's called the okay, Panzer. Okay, the Panzer. Thank, that's courtesy of um, Rubber Ducky. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's so lost. Rubber. I don't think I want to know. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say on my perspective as, I mean, I, I'm not like into overlanding. Really, I think it. I think it looks cool. So to my point, I had always thought, 
overlanding and these trucks that you see and the, the taco trucks that it was just for looks that it was just like to have that, like that, it's just like a, a man thing to be like, Oh, look at all my like gadgets and toys. Yeah. It's so shiny and I've never used it, but you know, I have a winch just in case, you know, yeah, just in case that's always the big, but thing. I just drive well, highway would, everywhere I go. Yeah. I would say like 70, so, so wh- why did you, why did you want to, why did you want well, hang on. 70, 80% of those people, like, they do have it for looks. Like, very rarely, you, you might get a person, like, with a winch and stuff on their car, and they, they probably don't even know how to use it. Mm. Or never have. That would be me. Um, I think they look cool. I, would to- I want to put a, a winch on my Defender 90. We're going to put a winch on the Defender 90 so you can winch out the truck whenever <laughs> I get stuck on sand. Yeah. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were saying... Why? Why? Why oh. did you? Why? So with a full tank of gas, I can get almost 500 miles away with this, and roughly. So can I just pause you a second? Yeah. It is really important. I just on your what you just said. Everybody should know. Every female that's listening to this, know how far you can get on one tank of gas. That is really important. From your house, from the nearest gas station. If you are in a panic, in a in a in a, in a panic situation. You gassed up. You have your three kids in the back, your dogs. You're in your car, your little Honda, Toyota, Civic. How far can you get? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's huge. And Like like, like a place of safety. So it's like, yeah, you know, you know you can get 500 miles. You know you can get this far in one tank of gas and not stopping. And everybody should have a destination. Where are you going to go if you have one tank of gas and you have to get out of Dodge? Are you going to go south, north, north, east, or west? And where is your place? Yeah. And I would say I don't have like a place, but if I drive five hours or 500 miles, I can pretty much get into the Blue Ridge Mountains. Okay. But you have it. You have, you have, you have the setup to be able to do this. I'm talking about, I'm just talking about like the regular person who does not have an overlanding vehicle that has the capabilities of like living out of your vehicle just for safety, just for just safety. No how far you can get and what, like, it would be, I guarantee you, like most people who are listening to this, you probably don't even know how large of a gas tank you have, how many gallons that go into your gas. This is just some of the stuff that, why would you even really need to know that unless you're like actually looking at the gas gauge? Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like, oh, I'm maybe 25, maybe 30 gallon tank. Probably, you know what I mean? Like, do you really know, like know these things? And And, like a lot of people are like, well, why do I just fill up the gas station? And it's like, what happened during, um, when was it? It was, we um, had a, we had a bunch of like an oil shutdown or it was like a terrorist thing where they got into yeah, the, the cyber attack. Yeah. The cyber attack. The cyber attack where all the oil pipeline got shut off. We didn't have any gas in and our area. Everybody on the East coast, week. like North Carolina, Virginia, like nobody can get gasoline. Mm-mm. And it's like, okay, now you combo. Now you take that a step further and it's like cyber attack. Your gas is shut off. And now. And everybody's like, in a frenzy. Yeah, and everybody's in a frenzy, but now you have, like, let's say an enemy force coming, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we're taking it a step further now, and it's like, well, now you got to, you, you need to, the family needs to leave, mm-hmm. you know? I think back about, you know, we were just talking before we got on this podcast about perspective, and you said if there's one thing that that I, that if I had one, well, what was it, your your my, motto? My one mantra. My, your mantra is, is perspective, and yeah. that you wish that, you know, people in the U.S. they have they have they don't even have a perspective at all. 
of what's going on in the real world. And whenever you talk about this stuff and, and a, you know, you think that it will never happen to you. You think that it could never happen. But think about the families in Ukraine. Yeah. Think oh, about yeah. how scary that is on a drop of a dime. Yeah, guys, I get it. We live in the greatest country of all times. I'm a freaking patriot, like tried and true. And, and we still think even I have to, I have to face the reality and remind myself that actually this could happen on my very soil. And you think about all of those people in Ukraine, I, they probably didn't have overlanding vehicles over there. No, that was like, that's a whole nother topic yeah. about like, um, um, readiness not readiness um the people in the buses and how it was um trafficking oh yeah human trafficking human trafficking that was huge with mm. people who didn't have vehicles over there uh if you guys want to if you guys want a really great podcast to listen to that i just did recently uh with tatiana she is a ukrainian um actress she's here in, in america uh she works what is that um darren tactical yeah she she's an insane shooter at Terran tactical she works there she trains like she trains stunts, shooters, all of that. Um, but she, her family was in Ukraine. And if you want to listen to like an empowering, moving podcast, uh, that, that's a really good one. Yeah, go check that one it's out. It's for Tetiana. And, and that was just probably like a month or two ago. Yeah. Um, so let's go, let's get back to the overlanding. So, yeah. So we got the rooftop tent. That's where we're sleeping. Potentially, I have. What kind I of have, rooftop tent do you have? An iCamper, camper, sky camper too. Is there a reason why? Like, do you have any preference over the iCamper camper um, over the other ones? I think that's mainly. You got to do your research on YouTube and like just review it. Um, the one I have is a hard top. I highly recommend hard tops. They are more expensive. However, it is a time saver on breakdown and setup. If you do need to be moving fast or anything like that, like it's nice to be able to just. Close it, latch it, move. Rather than I gotta take out the tent poles, I gotta put up the ladder, I gotta put up the rain nets. Like, nope, fits all in the box and you close it. So that's that's really nice. And I have, I have by myself with no help, driving Blue's truck to a destination, having to get get somewhere. Yeah, that was a on. huge accomplishment. I did it all by myself, yeah. and I would say like that it's re- if I can do it, it's really easy, and it. And the video that they have, the demo video, it's like, oh, it just takes a minute to set down, set up. That's that's like pro status, okay, of course. <laughs> and when you watch it, you're like, wow, it's just like, but it's we also so perfect. Find- but it can, you can get it, you can put your tent up and down in like five or ten minutes. It is easy. Yeah. But we also made modifications. We've made modifications to the, the, the mattress. That takes a little more time. And then also my truck, we have to like stand on the bed of the truck in order to reach it most the way the camper is set up for t- Tacomas and land cruisers and things like that, like you can reach it from standing on the ground and you just tuck it in with your hands. It's like, nope, on mine, you actually have to climb on top of the truck. Yeah, because you have such a big truck. Tuck, tuck it in and stand it on the wheel and then pull it down. Um, that was one thing I wish I would have never done was put an, a lift kit on my truck. Why do now. you Why do you think overlanding has become such a, a hot topic and, and like a, a big thing? Freedom, yeah. Freedom. Freedom of movement. I love that word. I love that saying, but that's and the, the feeling. Thing. It's a feeling, right? Like the yeah, uh, the feeling of just knowing that you can just move. Yeah. Well, if you really want to take it back to primitive, like not primitive, sorry, um, but more just like back in the day, like we we are meant to move mm-hmm. as as humans and not Tribes only that, and packs. but yeah, we move. The, the Native American culture, like followed the buffalo. Yeah. 
pick up your teepees and go. Pick up um, your teepees. <laughs> right? I mean, that that was a certain cult. That was a certain tribe. You're talking to, to a true Native American say, here. You know more about this than me, but <laughs> I, I just remember from the history books, like, they would follow the buffalo. They would move. You know, you have Europeans where they would voyage. Mm-hmm. Like, they would set sail on ships. Like, we are meant to move and meant to explore. That is, like, ingrained. We were in voyagers. We were voyagers. All right, Moana. Yeah, you named that movie. That's what I thought about. Yeah. No, that, but, that, but there's, like, truth to that, yeah, you know? So, I think, and there's so much in so America can, that's, like, Can you not, give somebody, like, some basics, like, maybe... Um, I don't know how much your like what your research is on on tents, but what what would be like the first what would be the first step if someone's like I want to start yeah, kind of start, overlanding? Start with the climate. Is start is, with is overlanding the same thing as camping? Is this is this what is overlanding? Can you overlanding just overlanding is getting to a remote and um, yeah, just a remote location. Mm-hmm that you can't get to by normal trail or you can't get to by like a normal road. Mm. It's like, it's it's off the beaten path. And you have everything on your vehicle that can sustain? Well, yes. Like help you sustain for yes, a period of you time? Don't, you, I mean, you could take a truck and go technically like semi overlanding and just take a day trip out. That's right. more just off-roading, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Overlanding is, hey, I'm going to go off-road to this point and I'm going to lay up for the night or stay out here for you know a day or two and then i'm going to leave and continue on to another point so that's like that's where you have gas cans you have water you have food you have a way to cook you have a cooler you have all these things that help kind of make that happen but it's all secured in a mobile off-roading vehicle yeah i I remember when you were starting to get into this i you know, I was just like, oh boy, here we go again. Like, just this. Shout out to Matt Libby. Yeah, he got you into yeah, it? Yeah, oh yeah. He, he's got a crazy um, Tacoma TRD Pro. It's, I always give him crap for it though, because it's so much smaller than my truck. And I'm like, <laughs> look at that little thing. Like, can you even fit anything in there? Uh, he's probably got a good setup though. He but, does. Uh, you know, it, it, it. I remember in the beginning when I, when I was kind of, you know, supporting what what I, I mean a little bit i was like well we'll just kind of see what we have going on here and but yeah like once we actually started moving and and being able to utilize what you have built i 100 percent recommend everybody to if you have the means and if you're interested in that to to start i think the whole topic and the whole point of this is is just at least having a plan or or a way uh, a way to move and be free. Yeah. Whether yeah. that's knowing, have, having that tank of gas, and, and once you guys figure out how far you can get in your car, go get a gasoline jug that can fit that many gallons of gasoline, fill it up, and put it in your garage, put it in your shed, and save it. I don't know how often you have to change it out. Yeah, gasoline you rotate go back? it every like couple <laughs> months. And just know, like, be educated. You don't have to have, like, a full getup uh, no. for overlanding. And that's, like, kind of going back to what you were asking, like, what was, like, some of the basic um, basic things that you would need? Like, d- just honestly start off by just going camping. Mm-hmm. Like, go, go. I, everybody hates that word. Camping. camping. Oh, it's got a, such a terrible annotation. You know, the family camp out where everybody's 
miserable. In the, in the car, miserable. <laughs> they got the crappy Walmart want... tent that doesn't breathe at all. And everybody, there's four people sleeping in a three-person tent. <laughs> yeah. There's bugs everywhere. This is so uncomfortable. But honestly, that's if you can't stay outside and be outside for 24 hours, that's a problem. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're soft. <laughs> need to get hard yeah no more frail bodies you guys bodies. need to toughen up buttercup yeah like 24 hours to be outside like we, we that's kind of like a whole but other I, I, itself I, but. I think i think what it is though is it's tough because because you're uncomfortable because you're kind of in the unknown you're in an unknown element that it's not what you're used to um and so that's really all that it is. And and I can speak on just being a female that all that whole realm of just like camping and backpacking, unless you grew up along the Blue Ridge, unless you're used to like even like day day hiking, day camping or day packing, like when are you when you hike through the mountains and the trails. Yeah. I mean it can be if you're not used to that, yeah, sure, I get it. Like knowing how to set up a tent and boil water and like that that is intimidating yeah um, it is and you know also like whenever you go camping go camping somewhere where there's uh where there's a water where mm-hmm. there's a lake mm-hmm. or something like that where there's something fun for you to do that way you can annotate the camping with fun you know especially if, if you have kids and family don't take them to the campgrounds that's completely flat and has like a million people in it yeah and there's actually nothing for you to do so you just sit inside your tent and you're like <laughs> You're like, why am I here? This is horrible. Yeah. My, my phone is like, about to take die. me to the Holiday Inn. Yeah. <clears throat> no, go like have do a little bit of research. Find some some place to go for a walk. You know, um, me and walk. no, yeah. There's all sorts of parks that have trails and yeah. stuff. But me and my boy, like, we went and we were by this lake and we just, you know, we went hopped in the lake. We weren't sure if we were allowed to or not, but like. It was awesome. We spent like an hour or two like exploring all the along the water and like finding animals and stuff and all sorts of cool things. So I know something that people probably don't really know about me that has to do with uh, cars. Oh yeah, Uh, moving into the cars, huh? Well, just like vehicles in general. Is that like I actually absolutely love cars. Like I love vehicles. Growing up, I had, so my dad, my dad had a French fry, French fry factory. Easy Spuds. Easy Spuds was the name of it. And he sold potatoes, but also in conjunction with his French fry factory that was also in the same lot, in the same building. He drug was, <laughs> It was questionable. Um, he was a car, he was a car salesman. Um, so used cars, but like it was in a really bad part of town. So like the cars that he had were, uh, interesting to say the least. I don't, I'm not sure where he got these cars from. I never asked. Um, but I, I have like a lot of my childhood memories were, it's kind of weird cause like I have a lot of childhood memories around just cars and car- cars that my dad would bring home. Uh, old muscle cars that he would be, bring home and be working on. Um, he had a Firebird at one point. Did you have what, what? What red car did you have? So I had when I it was my senior year in high school. Ooh. 
I got I got a nice little whip. Uh, it was a three thousand G Mitsubishi G three GT GT <laughs> yeah three thousand Mitsubishi. I'm saying it right. A three thousand GT Mitsubishi. I think I said it right the first time, but then when I said it again, like, it just gets me. worse every time. Anyways, um, I totally butchered that. But yeah, I had, so, and that was a super fast car. I believe it was a turbo. And, um, dude, I got some speeding tickets. But my mom also growing up, because my dad, he had the ability to basically go to these car auctions because he had his used dealership license. So he could cars would come through the auction he could he could bid on it and I, I remember my mom would be like you gotta take me to the car auction and uh and, and one day she came home with this uh Porsche this little red oh. Porsche a 911 uh Porsche and I was nice. at the time I was 16 and and you know she by any means guys we didn't have like a lot of money or anything we were just very average um you know, so she, she didn't like have these cars for that long. It was more just kind of like a fun thing, and then my dad would probably turn around and sell them. Oh, yeah, or I was we'd sell say, them to most a, of the used, they like joy car, joy yeah, around, and then, and then it's and like, then oh, this just, is cool, this is fun. Then all right, I gotta sell, sell it. Yeah, you're like, all right, I gotta sell it. I can't afford um, this. But I, it, it was around that time that I really found my passion of like my, my muscle cars, and yeah. or just like this being able to just. The need for speed, maybe. Need for speed. Need for speed. I don't know. She said it, folks. Um, Anyways, I love, I really love cars. And I have, um, I have a G-Wagon that I absolutely love that I'll probably keep forever. Um, And it's just been a great car. I've had lots of Range Rovers and. They break down. They, yeah, don't ever buy a Range Rover. Like I've had, I've probably had three or four Range Rovers. Every single one of them break down. Their air shock suspension goes out every time. And to replace one. I want to say it's at least $1,200 and you have to replace all four every single time they all go out. So if you cannot get a brand new one with a warranty, do not get a Range Rover. I have been so happy with my Mercedes, the G wagon. I have probably had to take that in one time to get it, uh, to get it fixed. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty sturdy. Yeah. And I'm way over a hundred thousand miles, I think now on that vehicle. And then my other one that I love is a, uh, Nine, uh, 94 Defender 90, which I want to start putting some overlanding stuff on that. And that'll oh, be yeah. like our we're next gonna, project. That's the next rig we're building. Yeah. And we're, that's we're a really fun in. one. Yeah. We're going to tag team with the, the Panzer. And we got to come up with a name for the Defender 90. The Defender. Yeah, yeah. That's been a car that, I, that I've had for probably 13 years now. I paid it off uh, six or seven years ago. And I just have it. It's been a uh, kind of like a just a passion project that I work on every so often. Winter time, it goes up. Uh, I usually just have work done on it throughout the winter, uh, kind of preserve it a little bit, and then the summertime I get to drive it. And so we want to put it on overlanding stuff on it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like I don't have a winch on my truck, so I think that'll be like the one of the big things we'll get for that because that way it's just. We actually have that, and we're trying to go down to Outer Banks more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're on the East Coast, North Carolina, Virginia, uh, Outer Banks is absolutely beautiful. If you ever come to the East Coast, you got to go visit the Outer Banks. Yeah. Or Corolla, if you if you come to Virginia Beach, you can go to Corolla, and that's where the wild horses are. Yep. Uh, you can drive your vehicle out on the beach. We have done that. 
before, which is where Blue got his truck stuck. I actually got stuck. And yep. we had to uh, raise our hand and, and ask for a winch to pull yeah, us out. Yeah, before all the critics start talking, I did air down my tires. I was actually down to 15 PSI. My truck is just, I think it's just too heavy. That or else I need some better better tires. Or Guys, guys, guys. I was so, like... I was so embarrassed when we were driving out on the beach. Okay. I just want to like, I just got to paint this picture. Okay. First of all, blue has massive tires on his truck. So we had to deflate these massive tires down to 15 PSI to start with. This means I was holding down this little air thing to let the air out of his tire for like 20 minutes on each tire for all four of them. All right. That was already 60 minutes of my life gone, out the drain. I'm never getting it back. Then his massive diesel truck goes out on the beach, right? And I'm just and he and, and he is so loud. <laughs> and everybody, you know, there's 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 these there's there are other cars out there, but they're like smaller vehicles. Like there's nothing like Blue's massive truck. I swear, we came around the corner and everybody would just like drop their fishing poles, like like shaking their heads, like what is going on what right now? This? What, what is, is this? this? What is? Where did this person come from? Like this is a massive truck, and uh, we learned a lot that day. One that your tires need to be deflated even more. Which I'm I'm worried about losing a bead at that point. Right. If we go really down low. even more, and then that's a whole another whole another can of worms. And that guy replaced the tire. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we got stuck. I got some help from some local guys, and they were. I was trying to talk to them, and I, I'll, next thing I can do is I can get some sand channels to put underneath my wheels to. to um, pop me up out of the holes a little quicker and faster before I get buried down to the axle like I did. Yeah, or, he, um, he, he had a shovel. A guy, a guy walked by after he got stuck. And guys, I like jumped out of the truck. I was like... She's like halfway the, down the beach, like as far as way. The moment he got stuck, I was like so embarrassed. I was like, I'm, like, well, I'm getting out of here. I was like, I'm out of here. This is so embarrassing. Damn left me. <laughs> So I jumped out of the truck and I was like, and then Otto has like this, I think it's Cheetos. He's throwing Cheetos in the air and like seagulls are dive bombing. It was just, and everybody was like, if they weren't staring before, they're staring now because we're the only people. Oh, and we had the dogs. The dogs were in the back of the truck. Yeah, we had had Bones and Raven in the truck. That was crazy. The seagulls were dive bombing us. Like, you know, it was just, can we attract more attention to ourselves? Like, no. Like, like um, we don't belong here. Yeah, it just goes back to like, just go out there and like try something new. Yeah, but we did. Yeah, yeah, we got stuck. And it, it was, was super, super embarrassing for the moment. But you know, I what? think you Everybody... wanted to get stuck on purpose to see if you could get out. This, this is just, this, okay. Again, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the to the women here. Christmas is coming. Sure, if you want to build like overland stuff, but I secretly think these guys want to go out there and, and get stuck on purpose because it's like their childhood dreams come alive of being like, <laughs> I need a tow truck, and this guy's like, I got a winch, I can help you pull out. And you know, it's like it's like their your childhood fantasies of uh, tow truck, Tonka trucks Tonka in the sandbox. <laughs> yeah, are like literally coming to life. Um, so I kind of I kind of felt like for a little bit uh, that that was intentional, and I I dipped. I basically jumped out of the truck as we were sinking into the you sand. Hard. 
And, um, but, and then, yeah, we got your truck out and got lunch. Yeah. But, Everybody out there was super nice, too. Like, if you ever do go to Outer Banks, everybody's pretty. Everybody understands. Everybody gets stuck. You know, it happens. And they have certain tow, they have certain tow companies, guys that will roll around and tow you out if you need it, if it's that bad. It, it was a lot of fun, and it was definitely a good mental health break for me, even though I was slightly freaking out. But it was it was fun. It was a little stressful, yeah. And but, then Bones and Raven were great. They come with us everywhere. Yeah. So can you name... Uh, can you name a few things that people, if they're wanting to create like a go bag, what would you suggest? Um, kind of what I was talking about with those four things. You know, you need food, you need water, you need protection, and you need shelter. Uh-huh. Those, If you have those four things, you pretty much can get along. Those are the basic needs in order for you to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you know where to go? Well, that's, that's, you need to do a little bit of research on your yeah, own. Yeah, that comes I, back to what I was yeah, saying in the beginning. Kind of, kind of like have that research built out. Like what is, back to what you were saying about how far you can go on a mm-hmm. tank of gas, that determines where you can go. And that also probably depend, is determined on what's going to be in your go bag. Same thing with the seasons. Exactly. Obviously, climate, if it's winter time. Climate is huge. So if it's, if you're, if you're going somewhere where it has four seasons, like you got to think long term here, like. If you're going somewhere where it's four seasons, well, you better have you better be prepared for all four seasons. Or if it, if you're going to the desert or something like that, like be prepared for those certain things. It's climate plays a huge role, and I would say another thing to think about in your location is if you are bugging out, you want to be somewhere where there is um, an abundance of food and water. Meaning there are animals. There are animals out and about, and you have to hunt. You have to provide for your family. Those are like we're talking about like very like grim times at this point, but sometimes when you go to this, the um, at least have the, a, at least have a conversation about yeah, it with your least, family, with your talk, loved one. Talk about the conversation because yeah. like when things go wrong, the markets get looted. Like Walmart's everything, everything's gonna get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Riots are gonna happen. Like you want to get somewhere where you where your family's safe. Um, what well, what would of you? Of course, I say I say all this like. When I say this, like when, when I say like leave, like my first instinct is is not to just pick up and leave. However, my first instinct is to protect my family. So I've talked about this with Ashley. And if I have to stay and protect the house or something, protect wherever it is and stay and fight, the family can be safe. The family can go and be and be and I can know in the back of my mind that, hey, she's done the rig she's done the setup yeah. she knows where to i know go. the plan you know the plan mm-hmm. and, that's, and you know where to find us yeah now, i would say the, the last point on all that is like have that conversation don't wait until it happens to have that conversation have the conversation now mm-hmm. what would you what would you suggest like a couple things maybe even it's like one or two things somebody to have on their car or in their car maybe not a full overlanding get up but what are what are like a couple things advice that people can even have in their car? Um, not talking about like a go bag, but I know you always carry some sort of. Uh, it's not like a carabiner. What is the thing like to break glass? Oh, uh, it's just like a, uh, a Gerber. Or what is it called? I'm I'm not. It's just a glass breaker. But yeah, oh, it is a glass breaker. But yeah, I, would, I guess that's my question. If people can't just go out and put like a rooftop tent on their vehicle you know no, that's no, not no. that's yeah. not easy for everybody but what are some things that people can put in their car 
to have in case of like an emergency situation besides like a first aid kit. You know, we always carry a first yeah. aid kit in the car. We always carry a tourniquet in the car. Um, That's what hard. are some it's things? So it depends on the how much space, space you have. And yet again, going back, those four things, mm -hmm. if you can, I wouldn't even like have those in your car. Like you just got to have them accessible and ready to go. Yeah, um, ready to go. You know, in your car, I would definitely have um, some kind of protection, though. I would say in your car, like, protection's like my... Like a tent like, or what? What do you mean no, protection? No, protection meaning, like, a, a weapon of some sort. Oh, oh, some oh I see. Some kind of um, a knife, a gun, something, because you are you're extremely vulnerable right. in a vehicle. And, it, and you, then you're also extremely more vulnerable in a vehicle if you get in a gridlock. Yeah. So being able to potentially protect yourself in any kind of given scenario, that's that's going to be huge. Protect you and your family. And I'm even thinking if, if you do get out and you're away and then you find yourself in the wilderness. Yeah, now you're in now like an it's unknown like, place. Right. It's like, okay, that's... The dinosaurs might be coming out yeah. this time. This is where <laughs> Dude, we're talking ever, doomsday. Yeah. Dinosaurs are going to come yeah. back. I, and then this I would like, say the other the other thing to have, I, I, I'm sorry, I failed to mention this in the other thing, was a, a way to communicate. Um, ham radios. I know that's like really getting into doomsday prepping, but like. You can get a pretty inexpensive one on Amazon. It is like 20, 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. why not have one why of those not? in your vehicle? Right. Then you can communicate with other people. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. That is like, keep us out with you. That is, that is a very important factor, especially when, if for some reason, cell towers the infrastructure, or yeah, falls. Cell mm -hmm. towers are most likely going to be the first well, thing to go. On on 9 11, all the cell towers were down. You couldn't call love. You couldn't talk to anybody. You couldn't make phone calls. You couldn't, you yeah. know, every, everything was down. Um, yeah. So it's just a lot of things to, to think about really yeah. good takeaways. And I got my Christmas list. So yeah. I, uh, all good stuff. like a lot of bougie stuff here. All right, guys. Hey, that is it for the podcast. Really informative stuff. I know right now for us on the East coast, we are in hurricane season and I always have a conversation with Blue. I have a conversation with the kids. Um, you don't want to wait until the hurricane is hours away to start getting sandbags. You need to be prepared ahead yeah. of time with water. All of this is like, you just got to be prepared and have the conversation and, and have a plan. Because if you're not prepared, you become a victim. So I want you guys to all stay, stay safe out there. You don't have to have a huge fancy rig. Uh, just stay alert and stay safe and, and do your research and be smart guys. That is all that I have. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all the advice today, Blue. You, uh, yeah. it was, it's really important. So make sure you guys leave us a review. Give us some feedback if there's anything else that you want to hear. If you want to hear Blue cover any topics or conversations, you can do that. Uh, leave us a review. And we will catch you guys next week on the Reborn Podcast by the Ironclad Network. Later. Bye.